There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yo, what up? Welcome to Tevez the Best. Today is Friday, July 22, 2021. My name is JC Tevez. Welcome to the podcast about my life and nothing else but stick around. You might learn something new. Happy Friday, everyone. Two episodes in a week, JC. You're on fire, bro. All right, so what are what am I going to educate you on today, huh? What is JC, the Axie Infinity expert, <laughs> who just has gotten into Axie Infinity the last two weeks, who is now deeming himself an Axie Infinity expert? What can he tell you about stuff today? Uh, I'm not going to talk about Axie too much. I know the last two or three episodes, it's all been Axie Infinity. But good news is I get to cash out my first batch of SLP, which is the in-game token worth real value, uh, early or later on today. Later on today. So I'll be able to cash that out. I'll let, I'll update you in the future, but I am excited to see it turn into beautiful liquid pesos, baby. But I did do something else in the crypto world yesterday. Kind of crazy. Uh, so because of the popularity of Axie Infinity, which is an NFT blockchain game, so NFT non-fungible token, which I'll talk about in a bit uh, as well, I decided to look at, um, because I want to find the next Axie Infinity, you know, because the people who found Axie Infinity from its inception, you know, those who even as early, even if you got in as early as maybe January of this year and you put in as much money as let's say I put in, you'd probably be a multimillionaire by now. Your, your, your investment probably, uh, would have grown by times 10. Probably. I'm just, I mean, I, I think that's, I, that might even be an undershoot because I know people or at least YouTubers who got in early. Who are making, you know, just rough estimations, making like eighty to ninety to one hundred thousand dollars in a week. There's one guy I was watching this YouTube channel, uh, uh, Axie to the Moon. He was interviewing this guy named like Blunderbuster, whatever his name is, and he started Axie breeding, which I don't know how to do. Uh, early on, uh, so he got into the game I think l- late last year, but then he only really started taking it seriously early this year, and he even showed his numbers or he showed what he was making 70,000 US dollars per week. Let me do the math for you Filipino friends because 70k times let's just say at 48 pesos per dollar. That man who was interviewed on that YouTube channel is making 3.3 million pesos a week. A fucking week. So I kid you not when I say that if you started early, if you, you know, if you believed in Axie from the beginning and saw its potential up until now, seeing that, oh, it's going to grow to this size by this, you know, by this time, congratulations to you. You're fucking rich, probably. And you're probably making more money right now as we speak. So because of that, I started looking into NFT gaming because that I think is going to be a big part of not just for not just gaming in general but the a big part of the crypto world because NFT stands for non-fungible token and although 
I don't understand everything about it. It's basically an asset. All right, it's a it's yours to own. It's I it's unique. Like there, although they can make several NFTs or mint several NFTs of uh, the same kind. For example, each one of those is still unique in that. Let's say they have a unique uh, number. Like uh, you know how trading cards, Pokemon cards, whatever. I don't know what cards you used to collect as a kid. Uh mga Pokemon, the energy cards are super common. So although these energy cards, they're all around. Each one, in a way, is kind of unique because it was made with a certain amount in mind. Obviously, energy cards are probably worth nothing because there are millions in, in production. But there are some NFTs which are in limited production. Sometimes it's just one of one. So I started looking into that. So before I delve into NFTs in general, uh, let me just talk about NFT gaming. And I, I'm not trying to sell anything to you guys. Don't worry. You know, I don't want this to be a podcast about me selling anything but i just find it so fascinating uh and not only is it am i seeing dollar size in my eyes uh, you know it's it's great that i mean for me i see it as an opportunity to make money but i also find it rather fascinating and at first i thought it was ridiculous i won't i won't i'm not gonna lie to you because the first time i heard about nfts was a few months ago when uh, my friend dre who actually was a former dj at the radio station that i work at he told me that he got into something called NBA Top Shot. Uh, and I've heard of NBA Top Shot, I think, or it's NBA Top something. But they were trading cards, like physical trading cards, which if you know anything about trading cards, there are trading cards that have value. You know, some people hold like a really rare card from the 1970s and they, they you kept it in mint condition, right? Uh, that's why it's called mint condition because it's like it was made for the first time, I think. I'm guessing that's what it means. <laughs> So there are trading physical trading cards that go for you know thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. You could just Google most expensive trading card ever sold. I'm sure you'll find a whole list. Well, NFTs are similar, but it is a digital asset. So the first time I heard about it was NBA Top Shot, which is basically you you buy these packs on the NBA, and it's it's actually it was legit because it's it is legit rather. Because it is like partnered with the actual NBA. So it's not something that just a random basketball fan created. They actually partnered. I don't know who Top Shot, I guess, partnered with NBA. I don't know if Top Shot is the official like governing body behind the Top Shot series or if there's a mother company. But uh, I digress. Um, so you, you buy packs, kind of like opening a pack of trading cards. So you don't know what's going to be in the pack. Although when you buy these packs, there's an opportunity for you to get something super rare. And these packs come in limited uh, amounts, and they're only done once or made minted once. So that kind of provides the exclusivity in a sense. So these these and these Top Shot packs, the way Dre explained it to me, was that they would go on sale at a certain time. So uh, in a way, you're all in line online, refreshing the page, refreshing the page, and hoping you're one of the lucky, you know, thousand or two thousand or even let's say five hundred. Uh, that can buy this limited availability. And you can just Google NBA Top Shot cards, how much they've sold for. Some have sold for in the thousands already. The I was looking on uh, Wikipedia, and one of the most expensive, uh, like out of the top 10 most expensive NFTs ever sold, most expensive NFTs, Wikipedia, is a LeBron James card. So we all know LeBron James, right? He is ranked, his card is ranked at number 
10, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, uh, for the equivalent of around 208,000 US dollars, which is what? Uh, seven, four, uh, around 9 million pesos. So if you were one of the lucky people to buy that NFT of that LeBron James, this one's the Cosmic Dunk, which was a set of only 49. So there are still 48 of these that are unsold. They're probably with the original owner. So maybe they're waiting for the value to increase. Who knows? So that's kind of the basis of NFTs. NFT gaming, like Axie Infinity, because Axies are, each Axie is an NFT, right? It, it, it's a, you, you own that Axie, you own that in a way, and you own that Pokemon. So it's, it's kind of the future of gaming for me. There's going to be, I don't think it's going to fully take over. I, I, I highly doubt that. You know, not everyone wants to be, especially if you have to buy into the game like Axie to actually play it. Most people would probably just buy a game where you can, you know, you buy a game for six, you know, 3,000 pesos, like Call of Duty, NBA 2K, and that's it. You play it. You play it. So I don't think it's going to completely take over gaming, but I do feel like it is going to take up a, a big space in the gaming world. And it's going to, and Axie Infinity is at the forefront of that, literally. Like, it is the number one NFT blockchain game in the world. I, I mean, we are literally witnessing history. This, for me, I, I liken it to, you know, the start of a franchise or a start of a kind of type of game that will revolutionize everything. Think of it as, for me, I, I see it as like a, a pioneer, so... Super Mario is is iconic in that sense where Super Mario started from the very start. Super Nintendo, blah, blah, blah. I don't even know. Did it come out? Did anything come out before Super Super Nintendo? Like Mario-wise? I'm not sure. But Mario is still around, right? That that little fucking Italian plumber is still saying, here we go! And every, every year there's a Mario game that comes out somehow, whether it be on a new console, whether it be merchandise, blah, 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 blah. Uh, other other things that I could liken Axie to is you know just any kind of game that was at the forefront of of anything or any yeah Pokemon is probably the most likely comparison or the most obvious comparison. Pokemon is huge now. Pokemon Go is still ongoing. They just released you know last year or two years ago the the one for the Switch. Is I think it's Sword and Shield. I think correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't played a Pokemon game since Red and Blue or since Silver and Gold. But it's like that. That's how I see it. So that's why I kind of want to find the next unicorn. I want to find the next Axie Infinity-esque kind of game. Now, what makes Axie Infinity popular is it's it's a play-to-earn game. Right? You can actually earn in-game. I've talked about this too much already. Right? I think you guys are probably bored about it. <laughs> but uh, surprisingly, a lot of you do did tell me to record to talk more about Axie. So... Maybe I found my market. Maybe maybe I should just become a crypto podcast. <laughs> um, but I I was so I was researching, and by researching I mean whatever I found on TikTok, and I bookmarked it, and then I would do more research on Google, and I found a game that looks promising because when you go in when because this is such a new thing, uh, this is such a new uh, frontier for game gaming, it's NFT blockchain gaming. Uh, you have to kind of look at the potential because you, these are games that have not ever been done before. So you are banking. So like like I said, if you were an Axie Infinity purist believer from 
from 20, whenever I think it came out, like 2019. So imagine in 2019 when the game had like li- literally 100 players, you know, axes were so cheap, but no one was buying axes, right? The cost of SLP that you could earn was probably only like three pesos a day. So to stick with it and, and do that for years until it blew up, it, it paid off. But that's because the people who were believers from the beginning saw the potential in the development team, the team behind Axie Infinity. So when it comes to me studying these NFT blockchain games, there's, there's already multiple that are uh, already available. There's a few that are still in the works. I'm looking at potential and I am, in a way, this is gambling, right? So once again, not a fun, as the, as they say on YouTube, hindi po to financial advice, ha? Hindi po, hindi po ako financial advisor, uh, invest what you're willing to lose, you know, the basic shit, right? So, don't ever blame me if you lose money. <laughs> so I'm looking at potential. And there was this game that I saw that like, damn, it looks cool. Uh, the, the small kind of clips that they've shown from the, the developers looks cool. And it's called Big Time. B-I-G-T-I-M-E. And the, the development team behind it has some pretty um, veteran people i don't know them you know i don't study the people behind video games like i don't know who the art director of call of duty is blah 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 but if you go to their website check out their resume and then you do a little google search a linkedin search on them you'll see that the the people that worked on big time have worked on pretty incredible games uh let me just list like some of the people i'm not gonna list you who the 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 names are but uh the let's say the art directs the art director he worked on God of War, Ratchet and Clank, World of Warcraft. I'm sure you've heard at least of one of those. I, I love two of the games. I've never played World of Warcraft, but you know, World of Warcraft for, at a time was the biggest game in the world online. Biggest MMORPG game in the world. And I, I think it actually still might be. It's just MMORPGs are not super big anymore. But there's still an active fan base. Actually, why don't we look that up? How many World of Warcraft players are there? Uh, Statista suggests that in 2020, there's still around 4.8 million players of World of Warcraft worldwide. So that's still, I mean, that's no, that's not, that's not, uh, that's still a lot of people. But I, I'm sure it pales in comparison to when was World of Warcraft big? I remember in high school, World of Warcraft was huge. 2008, 9. So I, I'm not going to go search how many people were playing World of Warcraft 11 years ago, but... To have that staying power where there's still millions of people playing the game, you know, that that's pretty cool. So the art director, you know, World of Warcraft, the principal engineer, who I don't know what the fuck that means, but that sounds like a legit position in a gaming company. Uh, he worked on Fortnite, you know, Fortnite, every, Fortnite's one of the biggest games in the world still, probably the second most popular uh, battle royale game next to Call of Duty Warzone. Might, maybe Apex might be up there, but you know, it's there, Fortnite, Gears of War, all right, that's another big game. Uh, the lead concept artist worked on League of Legends. Everyone knows League of Legends, diba? It's like Dota. There's, there's an, it's like the, uh, you know, the, it's either League of Legends or Dota, or you play both. Uh, and just to name a few, right? So Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, the lead level designer worked on Modern Warfare, worked on Call of Duty Ghost, Medal of Honor. So the team looks legit, right? The team seems legit. So, so first I was like, okay, that's cool. And then I see their, their structure, it's gonna be like an RPG game where you earn mga, um, it's not a play to earn game like Axie. 
you're actually just going to get like items which then can you can then resell for value and the I want to find a game that I think will look like something I could get into and this game looks really interesting to me so because of that uh have I bored you already are you still listening <laughs> so because of that I was like okay how do I get into this because the game is still being built it's not even an alpha stage I explained that I think last podcast you know alpha beta whatever and the the initial early access is actually set for 2022. So earlier yesterday, yesterday, they, they put out an NFT sale. Yes, you can make anything an NFT, I'm pretty sure. Uh, for an early access pass or kumbaga parashang ticket to be able to play, want to be one of the first people to play. So they didn't release all the tickets, but there were a hundred gold passes, which means you are the first of a thousand people ever to get to play the game. So they released a hundred gold passes out of a thousand. They really, they released 300 out of 3000 silver passes. So you can, you get the idea here. Silver, you get to be the next 3000 people to play. And then there was a jade pass, which is the, after the 3000 silver, you, you'd be part of the 8000 next group that gets to try the early access. That sold. For $180, the Jade Pass. The Silver sold for around $300. The Gold sold for $500. Okay? And so I was debating in my head, oh shit, should I, should I splurge? Try to get the Gold, 500 bucks. I mean, what are the benefits? I'll, I'll be the first ones to play it. Maybe I'll be able to earn and learn and, and, and level up my character before anyone else making me, making me able to earn like the in-game cosmetics and skins that I could sell for more down the line. So I was like, okay, fine, I'll, I'll splurge on the gold. And then they also had loot boxes, which are similar to the NBA Top Shot that I told you about earlier. The loot boxes inside them, you didn't know. They gave you like a, it's like a, a percentage, a probability of what you could get in the thing, in the box. So there are a bunch of common like postcards. And then there were super rare shit that if you were one of the lucky people to get it, then down the line, you could sell that as well for a higher price. So here's the story real quick, just so that I can get it over with. The The sale was at 8 p.m. yesterday. At 8 p.m., I went in to the, the marketplace. I won't explain the whole marketplace to you anymore. I went on gold. I clicked buy. And then I bought it, right? I was like, okay, cool. Now I can go try to buy a loot box. So I, I it went through. Then I went to the loot box and then it asked me how many I wanted to buy. I said, like, okay, it was like 10 bucks each. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll buy 10. So $100. When I clicked buy, it said it was sold out. They were selling 5,500 of these loot boxes in less than literally less than one minute. They all sold, they all sold out. So I was like, Oh my fucking goodness. So I went to the gold passes and I checked, were there any more gold passes left out of the 100 that they put up? They were gone. The silver, I checked. Out of the silver, out of the 300, they were gone. The jade, they were gone. In less than one minute, I kid you not, the only thing that I've seen go faster are Comic-Con tickets. Because I went to Comic-Con several years in a row, and just getting in a Comic-Con ticket was a raffle and a gamble, or not a gamble, a crapshoot. So I was like, holy shit, I was so lucky that I got a gold pass. Had I waited... 30 seconds more. Had I taken a piss before refreshing the page, I would not have got one. And here's the crazy fucking thing, guys. 
there are opportunistic people. I, I actually maybe not. I wouldn't even call call them opportunistic. I would call them maybe entrepreneur minded people. So the Silver Pass, like I said, sold for three hundred. They sold out in less than thirty seconds. After that happened, they there were some resellers who put them up for one thousand five hundred five hundred. You know, different prices. And I saw it because you can see these on on thing. Someone actually paid $1,500 for the $300 silver pass that just sold earlier. That is insane, right? Three, six, nine, twelve, 500% increase in price and somebody bought it. And that's just for an early access to a game that doesn't even fucking exist yet. That is what's crazy about NFTs. And that's why at first I was skeptical because when I heard about NBA Top, did I lose my train of thought about NBA Top Shot and what it was? So NBA Top Shot, sorry, going back to it, it's not even a card. It's like a highlight video. It's like a video that you could watch on YouTube, but it's minted so that it shows you own this video. That's pretty much what it is. So when I said, when I first heard about NFTs, I thought it was crazy. I really did. I was like, why the fuck? Would I pay any sort of money to watch a clip that I could watch on YouTube? But then it's it's like the concept of art, right? It's subjective. If it if people believe it has value, that shit has value. So the silver ticket, which was $300 as determined by the game company who put it out for sale, whoever bought it, in their mind, they're like, I could probably sell this for $1,500. They put it out. And somebody bought it. You know why that person bought it? Because maybe they're like, well, if I buy this and I get early access, I will be able to earn in-game stuff that will sell for more than $1,500. That's that's crazy, right? It's a game that doesn't exist. But look at me. Look at me, the non-believer. Spent $500 to be one of the first thousand people to play this game. And the game, it doesn't exist yet. I mean, it's in development. It's been in development since January or since quarter one of 2020. So it's been in development for more than a year and a half. But there's no gameplay videos yet, like official gameplay videos. There's no timeline for when it will officially release. It just says early 2022. What the fuck does that mean? Who knows? But I gambled on it because I think that this $500 might be an investment. Because I feel like it has value. That is what NFTs is in a nutshell. And you can make NFTs out of anything. Artwork is a huge thing. So the number one, here's the mind-blowing facts, right? I told you if you go to Wikipedia, search highest NFTs ever sold. The number one NFT ever sold is a piece of artwork, which is called the first 5,000 days, which is basically a collage of 5,000 images created by this guy named... uh, well, his name is Mike Winkleman, but his, his artist name is Beeple. And he's actually on the list a few times for his work that has sold as NFTs. His shit sold for $69 million. It is a, it is a digital work of art. It's, it's a, it's a photo. It's a photo of photos and it sold for $69 million. And when you think about it, you're like, how, that's fucking who would do that? But then if you think about real life art, you know, Mona Lisa and and I don't know, you know, whatever, like Van Gogh's watercolor shit, right? And even the Jackson Pollock, which I for me I cannot understand Jackson Pollock, but people buy that shit for millions and millions and millions. 
So it's no different except this is just on the digital space. Unbelievable, right? Like unfucking believable. That Beeple guy, he also has at number three, he he sold a piece of work for six million dollars. Huh? Right? Actually, no, 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 no. Someone bought his work and whoever bought that work resold it for six million dollars. So I don't know if Beeple made six million when he sold it initially. Probably not. But the fact that someone priced it at six million US dollars is is wild. Axie Infinity is actually on here as well. It's one, two, three, four, five, six. There is a Axie Infinity virtual estate. Yes, I kid you not. You can make NFTs out of virtual real estate, virtual land. Like you guys ever play The Sims? Here's kind of a good analogy. If you're still trying to wrap your head around it, at least this is how I understand it. Imagine if you played The Sims and you couldn't add any cheats, you know, Rosebud and whatever to get you money. So you actually have to work at the game and you build this beautiful house, which took you, you know, weeks or months to actually build in game. Like it took you weeks or months of real time to build it. And then you say, you know what? I spent so much time on this. I think someone would love it. Let me sell it for real world money. And someone bought it. There we go. That is that is NFTs. Except you can't do that in Sims, right? Obviously, because it's you know, and who's gonna pay for that? You can just build it yourself or or get a you can download a a template or whatever, or download a, a mod to make it happen. But that is kind of how I see it happening. So if there is an NFT game that's like the Sims, oh shit, that might be the next big thing for for that I mean down the line oh million dollar billion dollar idea there friends if you're a game developer make an NFT game that is identical to the Sims you might you might be the next like unicorn out there so that's NFTs for you that's what I did I spent $500 on a ticket to a game that doesn't exist how is your week going did you spend your money wisely unlike me <laughs> did you save your money and and budget it you know, for groceries and stuff that's important? Or did you spend it, like me, on something that doesn't exist yet? Yes, that's been my week, my weeks in general. Axie Infinity especially. Although I, I, I've already, I will be seeing returns soon. I'm still, I still put money for a game where the value of it really depends on if people think, other people think that it's worth playing. I'm banking on other people thinking, hey, these axes ha- are worth something. That's insane. <laughs> but is it any different to stocks then? In a way, I broad fits, maybe you can back me up on this. Is it any different than, let's say, owning stocks in Jollibee? The reason why you buy stocks in Jollibee or, or Globe or right, all these big corporations is because you're like, oh, you know, Jollibee is going to be around forever. McDonald's going to be around forever. So it's, it's a, in a way, a, Safe bet. Obviously, Jollibee is probably a safer bet than Axie Infinity, but it's the same concept, right? I think. I, I'm not, I don't know anything about stocks. I'm only learning. I'm only trying to get into investing in stocks, not just crypto, but stocks down the line. And, you know, right now, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm 30 and I'm only learning this. I did not take this in school. So I, one of my, one of my maybe things that if I could go back in time is I would have probably taken up some sort of finance or, or stock class. I don't know what, 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 if you're a stockbroker, what kind of course you take. Economics? Marketing? Business? I don't know. 
But I would have found a way to learn more about this because it is fascinating. There are people who make a living doing this, not just crypto, but trade stock traders, stock brokers. I don't know who are are multimillionaires because they know they understand the market. So I'm just trying to get into the NFT blockchain shit. Not just NFTs, but NFT blockchains. So there we go. That's the little NFT discussion for you. You know, some podcast content for your ears. And there is a, a website that I just learned about today. Just so, so if you want to just check out what I mean, I I just learned about it today. It's called Overseas. Over oh wait, Overseas by NFT. No, no, over something. Ocean something. Ocean NFT. Sorry. Open Seas. Sorry. Open Seas. Go to Open Seas on Google and search Open Seas uh, NFT. O-P-E-N-S-E-A. And then NFTs. It's kind of like eBay or Kumbaga Carousel. Or if you guys remember OLX, you can list NFTs on there. Whether you bought them somewhere else and you want to resell them. So I could put my gold ticket on Open Sea to sell it. But you can see here <coughs> the kinds of work. So right now I'm on the homepage. There, are, it's mostly artwork. I, I feel like that makes the most sense because it's digital, so it's a visual thing. But I'm sure there's NFTs of of like sound clips, NFTs of maybe a video game like Axie. I don't know. But here, let me actually list you the categories. Oh, there are categories. Okay, so there's art, music, domain names. Virtual worlds, trading cards, collectibles, sports, and utility. Those are the categories here on Open Seas. I haven't explored them, so just go check it out. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm just telling you that this is a world that is happening. This is a brand new frontier in terms of assets. Will it? Will it be something that will stay? Who knows? Who knows? Gary Vaynerchuk, who I, you know, I follow on, you might have heard of Gary Vaynerchuk. He believes they're here to stay. But then you'll see in comment sections, NFTs are a joke. NFTs are going to disappear in a three or four years. NFTs are going to become a documentary about what the hell happened to NFTs. So there's, you know, it, it's, like I said, it's subjective. Do you believe in it? Obviously, I do. <laughs> I mean, for what I invested in for that big time, it's called big time game. I believe in it. And it's the same mentality with any of those categories. Art, sports, collectibles, blah, blah, blah. So there we go, friends. The NFT <laughs> scam. All right? I'm, I am a scammer. Right? I am a multi-level marketing, open-minded, NFT scammer believer. <laughs> All right. Do I, I do have more interesting things to talk about as well. So, um, moving on, moving on, I, and I promise you, unless you guys ask me, unless you guys ask me, because a lot of you messaged me when I said, I bet you guys don't want to hear about Axie anymore. I, I, like, at least four or five of you out of my, you know, 10 listeners, so half, no, uh, four or five of you actually messaged me and said, no, please keep talking about Axie. We love hearing about your experience. So, you know, let me know if you if you enjoyed kind of hearing about NFTs or if you already if you know more about NFTs and want to educate me and tell me you know here's what you should say next time on the podcast. Let me know, man. I'm down. I'm down. Okay, moving on. I rewatched Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I actually live tweeted it on my Twitter, although I kind of stopped tweeting because I fell asleep halfway through. 
not halfway, maybe three quarters of the way through. Because I've only seen the movie once. I saw it once when it came out in 20, whatever, 2010, 2011 or whatever. And I remember, I remember specifically not liking the movie at all. And every time it was brought up, because most of my friends, all, actually all of my friends love that fucking movie. So I was like, maybe it's time I give it a chance. Cause it was on Netflix USA. Or is it on Netflix Philippines? I don't know, but I was on Netflix USA because I have NordVPN. Go get NordVPN, all right? The, the link is in the podcast description below. Just get it through the Halala Show's affiliate link. We've already had five or six people message us saying it was a great investment. I kid you not, and this was not, I did not talk about Scott Pilgrim just to sell you NordVPN, but I found an opportunity to plug it, okay? So I was watching Scott Pilgrim. And I realized how many people were in this movie that in 2010, I did not recognize. Anna Kendrick is in that shit. Alison Brie is in Captain Marvel is in this movie. I did not like I was I was shocked when I rewatched it. I was like, holy shit. Is that Anna Kendrick? Holy shit. Is that Alison Brie? Alison Brie bugging name. No, Brie Larson. Sorry, not Alison Brie. Holy shit. Is that Brie Larson? And I mean, the ones I do remember, obviously, Michael Sarah. Uh, I remember Macaulay Culkin's brother. I forgot his name. I remember Chris Evans. And of course, I remember the girl who played Ramona Flowers. I don't know her real name. Uh, she's also in Sky High, I think. And I remember the, the Asian girl who plays Knives. I don't, re- I don't know her real name either. But I remember those characters. But all the other side characters, like Jason Schwartzman, I was like, oh shit, that's Jason Schwartzman. Uh, uh, Brandon Routh is in it too, you know, Superman, you know, of that shitty Superman movie, uh, Superman Returns or whatever. He was, I was like, oh shit, he's the vegan guy. So that was just my initial like rewatching. I was like, upon rewatching, I was like, holy shit, this was actually super star studded. So that's one thing that I, I kind of recognize and realize now about the movie that I can kind of appreciate. Um, I remember specifically hating Scott Pilgrim, the character. Not I, I like Michael Sarah. You know, I like I love Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Fantastic movie. Probably his best movie. If if we're gonna pick a I mean, slim pickings, right? How many Michael Sarah movies are there? Super bad, Nick and Nora, Scott Pilgrim, he has a, a cameo in This is the This is the End. What else is Michael Sarah in? Right? Can you name me ten Michael Sarah movies? I bet you can't. Don't Google it. Name me, pause it, name me ten Michael Sarah movies. Nope, you can't do it, right? So anyway. Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist is his best movie, in my opinion, from the ones that I've seen with him in it. Should I look up his filmography? Man, it's bothering me. Michael Sarah filmography. I swear that man has not been in anything. Oh, Juno. What am I talking about? I'm sorry. Juno. He was great in Juno, too. Okay. I, I completely... Because I remember Ellen Page for me was the star of Juno. Uh, but yeah, he he did stand out as well in that movie. So, but I will still stand that even in Juno... I would put Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist over Juno. Yes. And I like Juno. I like that movie. Uh, now staring uh, Elliot Page, right? It's Elliot Page now. Um, I'm looking at his filmography. He had a few kind of unknown roles in the 2000s. Superbad was the one that put him on the map, right? Superbad. A good movie. Good movie. Not his best, but Superbad. Nick and Nora, Juno. And then a bunch of random movies like Paper Heart. What the fuck is that? Year one, oh, year one, that movie was awful with Jack Black. Youth in Result, Youth in Revolt, never watched, never heard of it. The End of Love, never heard of it. So this is the end where he only had a cameo. 
Crystal Fairy and the Magical Cactus. What the fuck is that? Never heard of it. So, uh, oh, he was in Sausage Party. He played a voice in Sausage Party. He didn't even know that. Uh, Lego Batman, he played a voice. So, so, yeah, not that many movies, right? You wouldn't have been able to name all these movies on here. At least 10. So, Michael Sarah, I hated him as Scott Pilgrim. No, I hated Scott Pilgrim, the character. And upon rewatching it, I, I fucking hate him more, I think. He's such, he's such an unlikable character. I don't know why people, I, I don't know if for fans of Scott Pilgrim, if they like Scott Pilgrim. I fucking hate that guy. He sucks. Like, there's nothing, he's not fun. I don't find his, his, like, you know, he, he's more of like a deadpan. The, the humor in this is, is, there's a lot of deadpan humor. And I love deadpan humor, but it was so, uh, I don't know the word. It felt like it was trying too hard. But maybe that's just me. Let me know if you share the same. I fucking hate Scott Pilgrim. Like I hate, I hate his character. I hated him. So that has not changed. Okay. Uh, I did appreciate the soundtrack, and I remember kind of liking the soundtrack before. But uh, you know, just kind of watching it again, I can see why people really like the the soundtrack. The comic book style effects, whatever, because I think it is based on a comic, if I'm or a graphic novel. If I'm not mistaken, I, I I enjoy that. I like the kind of the meta, you know, the very self-aware concepts in the movie. I, I I thought that was really good. I did not remember the vegan ex-boyfriend scene at all from the first time I watched it, but upon rewatching it, it is the best part of the movie. That that see that that whole like kind of shitting on vegan people was the funniest part for me. It was the most memorable part. I don't know why. I never remembered it watching it the first time. But yeah, so I, I, I like that. Um, the the fight scenes were actually pretty good. I, I don't remember the fight scenes the first time I watched them. But the first fight scene with the Indian ex-boyfriend and then the, the final fight scene was actually pretty cool too. Chris Evans was who I remembered the first time watching. I remember him being an asshole in that movie. I, I I appreciated his role again. Like I, I liked him the first time I watched him. So I guess the the thing that you're wondering now, JC, have you changed your mind? Do you still hate Scott Pilgrim versus the World? Um, no, I don't hate it anymore. But will I rewatch it over again? Like, is it something that if if someone gave me a choice to watch it every year? Would it be something that would be a no-brainer? Yeah, sure, I'll watch every... I'd probably say no. Nah. I'd probably... Nah. This is something that maybe I can watch again in like five years. Because it's still fresh in my memory. And even next year, if I watched it, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't care for it. And I'm I'm a Team Knives over Team Ramona girl. I, I don't know what the consensus is on that for fans of the series or the movie. But is Ramona really more popular than Knives? I found Ramona... Oh, how do you feel about Ramona? Played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead, by the way, now that I'm on the Wikipedia page. How do you guys feel about Ramona Flowers? I found it... I, I don't know. I found her okay. Like, not. I'm not talking about looks. I'm just talking about the character. I did not feel any chemistry between her and Scott Pilgrim. I don't know if that's intentional. Because at the end... You're supposed to feel happy that Scott Pilgrim stopped being an asshole and apologized to Knives and then had a final, like, a reunion with with Ramona. I didn't feel good about it. Like, I didn't feel 
like, oh, a good happy ending to this kind of crazy ass comic book movie. I didn't feel that. Whether if you want to chalk it up to the characters maybe supposedly or the characters intentionally not being compatible or is it because Michael Sarah and Mary Elizabeth Winston didn't have any chemistry? I, I couldn't I couldn't really I didn't feel anything about that. So that's why for me, Ramona, I, it was whatever for me because I didn't care for their for the struggle in the movie, the struggle being Scott fighting the exes. And then discovering himself or whatever, the self-respect, whatever, right? The sword that comes out of his chest. So yeah, uh, yeah, it was a, upon rewatching, it's an okay movie that I would probably not rewatch by choice. I don't hate it anymore. I used to say I hated that movie. Like in high school or whenever in college when people would talk about it, they'd be like, oh my God, I love Scott Pilgrim. I'm like, I fucking hate that movie. I will not say that any longer. I will just say, <laughs> so that's Scott Pilgrim. Uh, what else did I, how long have I been going? Should I save content for Tuesday? Oh my God, 40 minutes. Holy shit, JC. You talked about NFTs for 40, for 30 minutes and then Scott Pilgrim for five. What is this podcast, man? I have more stuff that I want to talk about. Uh, congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks. I, I, I'll save more Milwaukee. Actually, especially Giannis Antetokounmpo related stuff. For next Tuesday. Um, I have something. I had stuff listed here on my thing. On my notes. There's something about a teacher. Who went on OnlyFans. And posted a video of her. Sleeping or doing something sexual. With her former student. Ooh juicy. Let's save that for Tuesday. Alright. Okay. Thank you very much for taking time to listen. To Tevez of the best NFT broadcasting program. What if I made my podcast an NFT right? Who who would buy it? Could you imagine? Okay, uh, have a great weekend. Follow me on Teveza the Best. Please message me on there. I really do appreciate when you message on me. It gives me strength to record. Because every Tuesday and every Friday, because my world has not been super interesting, except for the last few weeks, it has. But prior to that, I had to will myself to turn on my microphone and say, hey, guys, here's what I didn't do this week. <laughs> So when you message me on on the podcast Instagram, Tevez of the Best, about anything, I will literally talk about anything you want me to talk about. I am so G to talk about anything. Just the fact that you are interested in hearing me talk is enough for me to get up and turn on the microphone, right? It's a very Tumblr quote. You guys give me strength. You give me the strength, you know, pa, ano, kanino ka, ano, para, ano, para, kanino kang, ano, what's the Nescafe? Para kanino kang bumabangon? You know what I'm talking about. Okay. Have a great rest of your week. Go check out 1C Coffee in Capitolio. I might be there this weekend. Let's go support Rika G. Okay. Get some coffee. And get NordVPN. The code is there at the bottom. Fantastic deal. And I'll see you all. Say it with me. Later. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.